Hey there, Arjuna here, and just checking in with you to let you know that today's episode ended up being quite a deep dive and went long, surprise, surprise, to nobody, basically. And so in light of that, I decided to break it up into two parts. So you're gonna, this one's the first, and uh, I will very soon release the second episode, just to make it a bit more of a comfortable listening situation for you. So uh, with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Arena Craft podcast focused exclusively on Magic the Gathering Arena. My name is Arjuna, I'm one of your hosts, and we are not joined with by uh, Kovac Go Blue tonight, but instead we are joined by excellent mono green streamer and brewer extraordinaire, Maxim Rint Salman. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, thank you again so much, Arjuna, for having me. I'm glad to be back for sure. Yeah, it's awesome to have you back. I knew it was probably going to happen at some point. And due to the success of Mono Green in the standard meta lately, it was sooner rather than later. So that's awesome. And basically what we have for you tonight, I mean, or whenever you're listening to this, but it's tonight for me, is um, we're going to go through just about every single card you could possibly want to put in your mono green deck and we're just going to discuss why you would or wouldn't want to play these cards in the hopes of helping you to build the version of the deck that is the best for you and i mean here's the thing we've been seeing people having success with some very 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 different builds of this deck like in some cases two lists share almost none of the same cards so I think that's pretty cool. It's There's a lot of leeway in the builds, and I think that that's one of the things that makes the mono deck, mono green deck so interesting and a lot more fun than some of the other monocolored aggro decks we've seen that don't really have that much wiggle room. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's actually one of those things I, I love about the archetype right now, and I think, uh, I don't know, ideally, right, you probably want to see every major archetype like this, right, with multiple al- alternatives. Because, yeah, I mean, there's probably no alternative to Cleave. There's no alternative to Uro or Nissa, right, or things like that. So, uh, but yeah, I absolutely agree that there, there are a bunch of different uh, builds that run successfully, and uh, that's just great. Yeah, I, I mean, basically, let's just dive in. Quickly, before I do that, I wanted to just congratulate you on your recent successes. I know that you top eighted the... It's, uh, remind me, which was the tournament you recently topped? Um, yeah, so the first one uh, that went uh, went on right away, uh, pretty much after M twenty one, was uh, CFB Pro Showdown. Yeah, that's so right. I was a member. I was a member of that. I was like, I got a free membership from uh, from top eighteen, like a last chance qualifier. So as as part of your reward, you gave they gave you a subscription to their service for a month, and then. As part of the package, you were you were allowed to enter the CFB Pro Showdown, so I got the fifth there. Actually, fifth. lost in That's awesome yeah, finish. lost in the mirror. Yeah, out of uh, out of two hundred something players, yeah, it was like pretty wild all single elimination, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. Like it was kind of like people came up with a lot of things, uh, with a lot of new things there. Nobody really knew what was going on. Um, then. Uh, the next big thing was top five in Red Bull Invitational and in Red Bull Russia qualifier. 
Red Bull on top to qualify. Um, and that was great again. I was number one after Swiss. I went 7-0 and then ID, uh, intentional draw, if you guys don't know what that is, right? Uh, and um, and then finally, you know, lost in the top eight to Bant. Um, but honestly, to my mistake, I, I broke down the VOD uh, later and saw, yeah, just... Just messed up, guys, uh, pretty badly. I <laughs> uh, should have played Luffstruck when I had the chance. But, you know, there was a Teferi. I had, and I had double Ceratops. And there was a new Teferi on board, right? So he's blue. And I was like, okay, let's get the Ceratops action in there. Um, and, you know, it's like, still, guys, save your resources. Play your mm. haste creatures last if possible. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a kill. <laughs> a- but, yeah. It's a lesson I've had to learn so many times with the shifting ceratops. I'm like, that's yeah. not a four drop; it's a five drop. You know, yeah, just it play is. It like it a is. Five or it's drop. just, it's like it's so precious actually of a card, so valuable. Adding that extra attacker, adding trample haste is is huge. And the final uh, uh, showing for me up to date was this uh, Red Bull, another international this time qualifier number two. I went five and three. Uh, Lost some pretty tight matches, two versus Team Rack, and well, the last versus Rakdos Sack didn't matter, but um, yeah, that's a it's a pretty tough tournament. So I went five and three, a pretty tough uh, tournament with very small margin for error. You basically can only give up one round out of seven, and uh, yeah, but we'll see this week and for a couple of weeks to come. So I guess the interesting thing is there's still, I mean, despite the standard being kind of stale. I think now you can really focus on, you know, the the, the strategy, like the pol- polishing your play and the strategies because it's going to be locked in until the rotation pretty much, I'm pretty sure. And there's still, like, uh, quite a few big tournaments to play. So at least these Red Bulls are going to be there. I think they're more than once. Um, so this week and then in August. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, all the more opportunity for us to just, like, help come up with the perfect mono green list right <laughs> uh yeah yeah pretty much so here's here's what we're gonna do is um we've made a list of basically every card you might ever want to play in this mono green deck and we're just gonna go through all the cards and just discuss why you'd want to play with them why they're good or why they don't make the cut yep. And the hope is that you'll leave this episode having a fairly good idea of what you want your mono green playstyle to be and, uh, you know, how you're going to build your own deck. So that's the goal. So let's just jump in and we're going to take it by converted mana cost for the creatures. So let's, let's jump into one drops. Now, there's, there's basically one card which is one of the only cards that you just can't leave home without in this archetype, and it's Pelt Collector. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't even know that we need to discuss that one very much. Basically, just play for Pelt Collector, never cut Pelt Collector. There's no matchup in which you would ever cut Pelt Collector. Am I yeah, right about that? Pretty much, pretty much it, yeah. It's yeah. the best thing you can do on turn one. Yeah. So yeah, if you can get out quick with this deck, that's exactly what you want to do. Pelt Collector is frequently a one-mana 4-4, four, four, so, you know, pretty good. Um, all right, let's discuss... So the other one-drop that came to my mind is a card that I know that you've played, you know, for many, many months and have a lot of experience yep. with, but which we haven't, been, we haven't been seeing in the list, so I'm curious about it. Wildwood Tracker. Um, this of course is, it's the one, one for one green mana. And, um, it's, is it at the beginning of your combat or at the beginning of combat? 
um, at the beginning of each combat. Each yeah, combat, so yeah, it gets plus it one, plus block, one if you control yeah, a non-human two. creature. So why, why did you end up uh, moving away from this card? Oh, yeah, it was uh, quite a long time ago. Um, all the way, like in Thero, back in Theros. I mean, actually, my very first uh, tournament showing uh, the the infamous six and zero Magic Fest online included trackers, and I remember beating Bed, beating Soul Tie, and whatever all the pretty much top decks. Um, but the thing about it is, you know, eventually it had to it had to give room for Stone Cold Serpent. Mm. Now. Uh, it's interesting. It's pretty good to see how actually like the math aligns. So the combat math being being able to attack on two uh, on turn two, right? So again, of course, you you should be looking for for above average stats always, mm. right? So that's why we have pelt collector, barkai troll, whatever, right? Lovestruck beast or Yorvo, what ha- what have you, right? Uh, but in this case, it's just simply not enough room. I mean, I I've never tried it this much before. Mm. Uh, since then, uh, you know, Serpent it just adds this immense versatility, right, to the number of, of drops mm. it can be, right? So it can fix your curve and be your top end. It yeah. can be your lo- uh, lower end, right? Honestly, we already have four pelts. We have Heart's Desire, right, from Lustre Beast, and we have Serpent currently. Um, right. And yeah, I think that's just uh, more than enough. Just one, one big one, one drops, right? That's the thing. It's yeah. just more than enough one drops in the deck. Yeah, yeah, we have twelve is great is a great number. We have a good package there. Yeah, and uh, the biggest argument also would be sacrifice decks. If a creature dying to one ping for Mayhem Devil yeah. is not something you want to see at all. That's true. And another thing that I thought is just that like the ceiling is very low on Tracker, right? Like. Yeah. When I look exactly. at the other cards in the deck, like just about every other card in the deck has the potential to to be like a game winning board dominating card, but the tracker just comes up a little short. It's like when the ceiling yeah. on it is that it's just a two two. It's that's not amazing, right? Right. That's a great point. That's that's also something you want to be look uh, looking at in your cards that add some kind of just you know indefinite value regardless mm-hmm. of the turn if you if you don't play your tracker on turn one if let's say you you have four pelt collectors right so you have a decent chance of getting one in your opening hand and once you do that your other one drops become just really uh become much worse yeah so tracker already loses its value because it's best on turn one yeah other than that not so much yeah that's that's a great point Okay, cool. So those are those are the one drops basically. Now, of course, you know, there are other cards in the deck that function as one drops, but we'll we'll get to those more in depth. Um now at the two drop slot, this is I think where we see some of the biggest uh the largest number of options in the deck. Right, and so I yeah. think a lot of times you can tell a lot about someone's intentions for their build based on what two drops they're running. Yep. So let's just go through these real quick. Barkhide troll. This one's always been one of my favorites in the deck, and I don't think that I would run any version of this deck without Barkhide Troll. Um, I just, so for me, the, here's the things I like. It's a 3-3 for two mana, which just, you can't beat the price. And the hexproof ends up being surprisingly relevant. And the ability to repeat the hexproof later if you put more counters on it with something like Vivian is just kind of an under, it's an underappreciated right. part of the card. So, um, anyway, those are the reasons I like Barkhide Troll. Are you still running Barkhide Troll in your builds? 
Absolutely. I'm running four off. And I have to say this is, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is where like the differences in the builds already start showing. Like some, some builds don't run Barkhide at all. Some people trim down the copies. But again, I want to see four. And it's just because, you know, I want to see one in my opening hand. Yeah. Right? I want to see one in my opening hand. That's why four copies. That's it. It's the best on turn two. But again, as you said, uh, there is definitely like a, a later game uh, benefit here with Hexproof, right? So we can still mutate on it uh, and protect our mutation if we really want to remove an artifact or enchantment um, with our Gem Razor. Um, yeah, and like you said, this situation with Vivian, it happens in the mirror quite often. If mm -hmm. you can stabilize... Uh, with Vivian there, all you have to do is just plus two on the troll every turn. It's not going to go away. They're not going to be able to ram through it with Death Touch. And you're pretty much like in control of the game from that point. So, yeah. yeah, it's pretty powerful. It's just like it plays so nicely around Teferi, uh, plays so nicely. Yeah, exactly. With any of our removal spells, it's like a solid, you know, it's like if you have it down and you target it with Vivian, your opponent can't really remove it to, you know, to cancel the Vivian effects and stuff like that. So just, yes, yeah, super solid card. I, I would definitely run, run four of, or, or at least three of in my list, you know? Um, okay. This next one's a sideboard card, which has kind of been deprecated destiny spinner. This, I saw this in the sideboard of these green decks a while back, and it basically hasn't showed up. Is that just because no one's countering creatures these days? Is that the reason? Uh, yeah, I almost never, never ran it. Like, I think uh, maybe a couple of times I just put it there and it probably never showed. Uh, I think the reason for that is just... Um, it's just night pack ambusher, right? You're yeah. looking at you're looking at flash decks probably the most when you when you tech in that way. But the reality is there's just Grove Spiral Night Pack Ambusher on three. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Counter spells are not even relevant. Uh, even in the counter spell decks, right? Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the only thing you're looking at the one and only thing is is night pack ambusher. That that's it. So I would rather play like ramp through there, right? Yeah. I mean, Ceratops is great, but I think Ceratops is more than enough also because Ceratops is going to... Usually, for me, it replaces um, actually Questing Beast, right? So we are keeping the curve the same because, mm. again, right? You want to be aggressive versus Flash counter mm -hmm. decks. You want, to, you want to have the one drop and the two drop, and the rest is kind of like... Preferably should be instant speed or uncountable, right? Yeah. Uh, Destiny Spinner also gets countered herself. Yeah, that's so true. So it's not like it's not like a what, what was it called a Serpo Serpopard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that's that's the card that should be there. So I think mm -hmm. I think that can't be countered. Also has to be built in in your um, you know counter spell protection card as well, right? Right? Because what good does it do if it just gets quenched on turn two in the same fashion, right? Especially since so many of those decks run. Uh, uh, brazen borrower anyway right so if they really need yeah, to right. get rid of it yeah. they can you know so or or um, ether gust you know yeah usually yeah exactly right so usually yeah as you can see none of these things actually counter anything right yeah or yeah. you can't really stop them anyways right. one argument here is probably also that uh destiny spinner is a human so you can't mutate on mm, it there you go yeah which it comes up it really does yep yeah eventually it's going to be like there uh, and you're going to miss you're going to miss a an important mutation probably yeah yeah okay so let's move on and talk about growth chamber guardian now this i think this is one of the ones that's been the most controversial 
Like probably right. Some people just swear by it. Crokey's been jamming it lately in his lists. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I personally, uh, I think hate is too strong of a word, but I strongly dislike the card myself. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you have sometimes run it and sometimes not. So let's talk about mm-hmm. like what you know, w- what's happening there. Why would you choose to run it or not run it? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty like my stand is pretty clear on that. Uh, I mean, it's definitely viable. But here's the thing, right? If you guys uh, remember, remember our first episode, right? It was it was a Jeskai Luka metagame, so pre-ban, right? Mm. There was the first Red Bull, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Fires of Invention, right? Fires of Invention were there. So for me, for me, like the the idea behind Chamber Guardian is that it's a turn. It allows you a turn three play, right? It's basically like a two drop and a three drop. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of, right? Not a drop. You're not playing anything, but three mana that, right? Mm-hmm. So w- it kind of depends on the number of your three drops. So currently, I'm running uh, five, uh, four love struts. Two Yorvos and two Gem Razors, right? Gem Razor technically being a three-two, mm-hmm. and uh, if that happens, and if you play on curve, let's say you play turn one, um, whatever, right? Turn one Pelt, turn two Guardian, turn three uh, Yorvo. You play Heart's Desire Guardian, Love Struck, right? Mm-hmm. Your Guardian is a two-two, and it, it's already inherently worse. Right, than yeah. a troll, even than a harpooner, and then even the Nessian horn beetle. Right, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, but yeah, and and there you have it. Right, you have no room to adapt if you're curving one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. You probably you're probably not going to be adapting anytime soon. Right. Yeah, and your card is going to get inherently worse if you have Vivian on four. Okay, that's kind of something, but again, right, it's like the creature is still average stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and here's the thing, it's like, there, it comes up a lot in these games where, you know, let's say you use the Vivian on the Growth Chamber Guardian, you get another one, but you don't even cast it that game, right? It's right. like, yeah. because either your opponent, oh, you do and it doesn't matter, or, or you just win the game before that happens, right? right? So, right. yeah. But it, also, uh, the, a very important point is, pre-ban, uh, Fires of Invention was a must to answer, mm. right? You had to run four gem razors in the main, mm. right? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure like that was the case. So that leaves us at four chamber guardians, and it was like I think uh, for me it was three Yorvos. So no love struck, right? G- uh, uh, gem razor was not often always a three drop either, right? Because you wanted to hold on to it until they play fires, until they play like whatever birth of Miletus, mm. what have you, right? So actually like. The reason for me was there to actually boost my three drop to actually have a three mana play. I see. Now it's not. Yeah, now it's not needed anymore. Now we are running. We are back to four love struck beasts. Gem razor is not a must, but I still love two copies in the main. I think it's important. Gem razor doesn't have a good synergy with love struck, so so yeah. I wouldn't want to run four love struck for gem razor probably ever. Right? Yeah. You can't mutate on the one one human token, and you can't. I mean, mutating on Lovestruck is like an absolute must sometimes. I mean, uh, it's like sometimes it's necessary, yeah, right? Maybe you desperately want to stop an ECD but you or don't something like it. that. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, you never want to mutate on your Lovestruck. And there you have it. Basically, that's the explanation for me. Like, Yeah. Uh, that That's really yeah. good. I, I like that a lot because I think a lot of people don't really think much about why you would or wouldn't include it over the other two drops. 
Um, yeah. And I, I just, I like the point you raised as well about like that matchup, especially uh, the Luca matchup. There was so much attrition in the matchup, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there was so much like you didn't want to overextend. You really wanted yeah. to be very strategic about how you played into right. your opponent's stuff. And so, yeah, being able to, to have that mana sink um, in, instead of committing another threat to the board, I think was, was really relevant. But I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, for me at the moment in the format, I wouldn't run it. Um, I, just, I think we have better options. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yep. just one, one final thing I wanted to say about it. Another thing that I've never really liked about the Growth Chamber Guardian is this deck, right? Like, and you, you've said this so many times, the goal of this deck is you want to pay the least amount of mana for the most amount of power, right? Yeah, right. And, I mean, it's, and, yeah. and so um, Growth Chamber Guardian breaks that rule. First of all, it's, it's, an under, it's a bear, right? Which is underpowered in yeah. this deck originally. And then you pay three mana to add only two counters to it. So that's underpowered as well. So you're just basically yeah. not you're not getting the power for your money that you do for the other cards. So in order for it to be relevant, the attrition, you have to be winning attrition battles with it. And standard, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not so much about attrition right now. Yeah, right. So again, it kind of comes down to that uh, gem razor argument. Yeah. Let's say you had you had your uh, chamber guardian on two. Quite often, you would have to just jam that gem razor immediately. And Grove Chamber Guardian was a great target for that because you can adapt afterwards and get that extra upside on your gem razor, and it felt really nice, um, you know. But yeah, as of right now, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I haven't really. I tried it maybe like once or twice, uh, but yeah, it's, I don't think it's. Yeah, it's actually yeah not the game right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's keep moving along here. Um, Crawl Harpuna, which is a card which I've seen you adopt lately in yep, your build. Yep, what yep. What are you liking about Crawl Harpuna? Uh, so this is... Uh, uh, Harpuna kind of started uh, for me since... Like, actually, post-ban, right? Again, mm. post-ban. Uh, Fires of Invention were gone. This is where I already transitioned to Lovestruck Beast. This is where I cut... Uh, two gem, gem razors. I brought Lovestrucks in, and and for again for that very same reason, I took um, uh, Chamber Guardian out, and I was just deciding right on what to play. And uh, before M twenty one, so post ban, but before M twenty one, I had uh, four copies of Harpooner. I was playing four trolls and four Harpooners and three Sire Farron. Actually, we'll talk about that one later too. But yeah, the, basically that was it. Uh, like the players tour showed the increase in popularity of team of reclamation uh, i mean it never went anywhere but it got even like more dominant mm. probably and again it was kind of the same same philosophy harpooner sadly is the only flat uh two drop with three power right no no conditions just you have three power for two mana that's the only other thing except the troll and that's yeah. again what you want to play right so so is it like i think some people think that the harpuna is there to like kill a gilded goose or to kill a shark but that's probably right, yeah. not it right you probably just yeah this is kind of marginal right it's not uh it, it's not the main point it's like if you could run like six or eight barkhide trolls you'd rather just do that right uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because yeah. also, you know, two uh, two toughness is is not ideal versus shock and stomp and yeah. flame sweep and things like that. So yeah, but again, this is probably like the best we have to work with. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I <clears throat> I like that clarification because I I just like I think a lot of people look at the harpooner and they try to get fancy yeah. with it or they're trying to come up with reasons <laughs> right. why it's good in the deck and it's yeah. like it's three power for two mana. That's it, people. <laughs> That's yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. It's pretty much it. That's the number one reason. It's like sure. if, if you can shoot down a goose, then sure, you feel good about that. But I don't think that that's <laughs> that's not the plan A, right? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, honestly, like even versus John Sacrifice, I would be taking Harpooners out. There you go. Still, I'm taking them out. Yeah, yeah it's there like, you go. If it doesn't happen game one, it, it never happens. I would never <laughs> rely on it or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because again, it dies to it dies to mayhem devil right and with like one cat bounce right yep yep sack the cat sack the food harpooner's dead right that's it yeah the toughness that's the thing man and it like we're not playing a red deck you know what i mean is the thing it's like these red decks play a bunch of these low toughness creatures because it's just it plays with their game plan but that's not like our, our deck doesn't do that as well so yeah yeah um, okay, cool. Let's talk about the Nessian Horn Beetle. Now, admittedly, mm-hmm. I haven't seen this one a lot, but I have seen it pop up in a couple lists, especially like a Garrick's Uprising list that I saw did pretty yeah. well at a tournament that was... Oh, run- yeah, right, right. Yeah, it was running it was one the of my Nessian One of my guys, one of my viewers. <laughs> Say again? Yeah. It was one of my guys, a, a Russian guy. Oh, cool. So, uh, okay, yeah, that's Russian, awesome. One of my viewers, too. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to just high roll a little bit here. <laughs> and yeah, he had like four... He had a huge four power package. I think he was running like four Lovestruck, four Harbinger, four Gem Razor, and like three Yorvos. Okay, just just all of them. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the Nessian Horn Beetle is definitely like, in terms of raw efficiency, um, this card's pretty great, right? Because there are definitely scenarios in which you just give it a, a free counter every turn and you're good to go. But um, again, like we're not seeing wide adoption of this card. Is that just because it's too situ? It's too uh, up to chance about whether you get the counter or not. Yeah, I mean, as much I like it a lot too. But and I ran it with some success again on ladder before when I was trying to experiment. I ran it in like a best of one um, when I try to come up with that. I mean, of course, yeah, it actually feels great to just go turn one. Uh, like with Love Struck, right? To Heart's Desire, mm, yeah, Beetle, that's Love a good Struck, card. and that's it. I mean, yeah, the card can the card can take over the game, honestly, by yeah. itself, which is pretty crazy for a two drop. But yeah, lately, I, I mean, just kind of like you're in a situation where it's not, it's just not that consistent. Like it's mm-hmm. in reality, it's going to be very different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's getting stomped. Your three drop is going to get gusted or yeah. bounced or eat a dispute game one versus reclamation or something like this. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty, pretty much the, the big struggle right now. So, yeah. yeah. But who knows? Maybe that's something what, what we'll have to play uh, after rotation. Right? You never know. That's a- and I would, I would still do it. I would still do it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, I, yeah. It, I mean, it's a solid card. It really is. Um Okay, so let's talk about some more competition in the two-drop slot in the form of Scavenging Ooze, which, I mean, has seen wide adoption in this deck, and for good reason. It really is just, I mean, it's not only one of the best green two-drops, it's just one of the best cards, period, in in the standard format right now. So um, let me ask you this. I... I think I'm basically going to tell you run ooze in your in your mono green deck. Like, don't leave home mm-hmm. without it. Um, but how many yeah. do you main deck? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the the question, right? 
because clearly like the card is an absolute gold uh, probably even like regardless of the metagame but of course in this metagame especially um, and yeah um, I went from three copies to four copies back to three copies and ran two at some point <laughs> but I, I settled at three I settled at three I think it's a healthy number again uh, you know, just everything is in the balance when you're trying to maintain like the level of aggression and uh, uh, this kind of utility factor. But I think it's very important, uh, honestly. Uh, the only thing I kind of struggle with is, is drawing multiple and yes. having two in my opening hand is not good at all. Yes. Like it doesn't help you against Di- two mana, two, two. Strongly diminishing returns. Yeah. 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 However, yeah, I think three copies is a great number worked. Uh, like very in a healthy way for me right not overloading my hand too much and just working pretty well i mean yeah it's like it's very important in many matchups uh, of course uro is number one target in the format then yeah. probably the cat, cat. And the wolf strider and actually the rakdos uh, decks play call of death dweller too so you need to watch out for that yeah uh, you know the yeah the ability is gonna also resolve regardless if the ooze dies or not and uh, one of the more more important cards in the mirror match, even yes, and versus other aggros. I mean, just crazy. That's what I was gonna say. Is I I've actually I don't know if this is if I'm wrong about this, but I actually think that ooze might be the most important card in the mirror match. Is that is that mm-hmm. too much for me to say? Um, I, I would say Henge is number one. You think probably. Henge? Okay, yeah. Uh, number two. Could be probably Vivian, but Ooze is probably there at number three, I would say. Top three, like Hinge, Vivian, and Ooze. Yeah, I've just noticed that like in in any mono green mirror in which the board gets like any amount of stalled, like yeah. the ooze yeah. is gonna be the, the breaker there. You know, whoever sticks yep. an ooze and gets it going is is probably gonna be the person who's favored that game. Mm-hmm. So I would like in the mirror, it's like, it's a prime target, you know, like I really prioritize killing a ooze if I can. And that's just a good, in general, in this format, if your opponent has an ooze, unless you're playing a matchup that really doesn't care, I, I can't think of a matchup that doesn't care about ooze. So just, just kill it, man. Yeah. Just kill that yeah, ooze. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to take over the game pretty soon. If left yeah. unchecked for sure. Uh, the, like the, the, the interesting part about the mirror also is like, uh, it really like becomes your priority to just use that mana and exile everything immediately and like, yeah. you know, yeah. pick up all the coins for yourself from this graveyard, you know? That's it. Um, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. want your opponent to kill it and then them start to use that ooze and get yeah, value. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like, it, it becomes scary if you let them untap with a lot of mana with creatures in the graveyard and they're, you're all tapped out. Yeah. So it's actually a super important factor in the mirror. I mean, uh, yeah, and maybe maybe quite a few people don't really follow this. Uh, I noticed that a lot too. I mean, I'm pretty good in the mirror, uh, 14 and 6, I think, uh, from the ladder matches. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's basically like, it's pretty crazy how the card activation takes priority over adding to the board. Yes. Because... Pretty much the stalemate happens because, you know, unless you're like already dying, but which also is like, I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes it happens, right? If they have a good curve of belt collector on one, then yeah, probably like life total matters. But ultimately, like you, you end up, uh, just having a, the biggest creature on board and yeah. them not being, not being able to attack favorably. Right. And this is where like, yeah, cards like that, like hinge, 
uh, Vivian and Ooze matter because, you know, they just go infinite and grow infinitely and just uh, going to be trouble for you. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a big beef fest. Yeah. So definitely run, you know, I, I would basically just run four copies in the 75 and um, mm-hmm. especially, especially with like, you know, sacrifice and stuff in the meta game. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Run, run three in the main deck and, and try that out. Um, let's talk about Sir Farron. This is one mm-hmm. that, you know, was kind of had a, a moment. It's, it's fun in the sun with the Zvi Mauschwitz version of the deck, which right, was really right. kind of yep. like the creature combo. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of been deprecated recently. Is that just because people aren't playing these giant growth builds anymore? Uh, yeah, it's going to be rough. Um, like immediately, I haven't tried it since... Uh, since what? Since M twenty one, I haven't tried it. Uh, I mean, because Ooze came out kind of initially from the post band version. The Ooze replaced Cypheron for me, and then uh, yeah, I, I like created another configuration. But I think one of the biggest things is gonna be Joel Rail probably. Mm, yeah, um, it's it like it's just it's just miserable now uh, in many ways i think for Seraphiron, just trading for a 2-2 panther mm, yeah it's not not a good deal at all kind of harpooner has the same problem too i mean i don't know actually like i haven't tried it in a while maybe i also should just for the record because you know like vivian and garrick are there uh, but you know it means like you can't really attack with it on two uh, it's probably viable but i think uh, you know, I, I decided to, like, reconsider that. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, it's pretty rough also, like, with a lot of Reclamation decks, let's say, um, turning back to Storm's Wrath, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a number of things about the card which, um, over time, you don't, you, you don't quite realize how bad the card is until... Mm-hmm. Okay, so here, here are some examples of where it's bad. Um, if, if you're losing the race, it's bad. Um, yeah it blo- it's not a good blocker and so in the mirror match yeah. for example it's like sure if you curve out and you have it on the play you feel great you know but if your opponent's the one curving out and keeping you on the defensive mm-hmm. the surfaron is just not really doing much for you yeah not at all yeah and then um the other thing is that it's legendary and you know mm-hmm. it's just if you you know it's like if you look at your deck list and you have like Three Sir Farron, three Questing Beast, three Yavo, you know, some right. Vivians. And so it's like half your deck is legendary. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that can actually be a problem as well sometimes, especially yeah. with your two drop, right? It's like, it's one thing if your four drop is legendary, because even if you have two of them in your hand, it's not going to matter until the mid game anyway. But like, if your opening hand has like two Surfaren uh-huh. in it, that's just right. like, a, it's like if those are the only two drops in your hand, like that could be a massive tempo hit for you. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. That That's pretty much it. Also, like, yeah, I would probably want to run three copies, right? If I were to, let's say, just run it just like it is without any pump spells, I would probably still run three. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have enough space for three currently. I don't, I, I don't yeah. think I would sacrifice any other cards for just Cypheron, yeah. Joel Rail is out. Uh, it's not good versus Rakdos uh, or Sacrifice decks in general anyways. It's not good. Yeah, not good in the mirror, not good versus red. And yeah, the list goes on and on. <laughs> so probably not worth it ultimately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Um, all right, let's talk about the final two up on the list here, Wildborn Preserver. Now, this has been like a sleeper hit for me. The more I played mm -hmm. with the deck, the more I liked Wildborn Preserver. So mm -hmm. it's actually in any mono green list that I'm running, I'm going to main deck four copies of this card because I wow, like it okay. so much. Okay, awesome. Uh, how, how are you feeling about it? Um, to be honest, this is my latest uh, latest change to the deck. So basically, I had I had the room with two harpooners. Basically, that was pretty much the only cuttable thing for me. And uh, I decided, you know, so my my four my two drops include four trolls, three ooze, and it's basically two copies of something else, right? Yeah. And uh, I decided there to. Also, don't forget your serpent can be a two drop, and that happens quite often. Yeah. Don't forget that also with love struck, sometimes what you do, let's say you play Heart's Desire on one, and then it's also um, not a bad idea on two to play double one drop yeah. into love struck based on three, right? So uh, that le that like will make sure that your love struck is attacking really like consistently for you know for for a couple of turns at least, and that's pretty good. So. Honestly, that's also kind of your turn to play, which is quite common. I mean, not that uncommon at least. And so with um, uh, with Preserver, what I noticed basically, I mean, it could give you that extra edge, you know. It, like instant speed is so good. And again, I think it's like instant speed so valuable for a deck like this, right, to have some kind of room to move, some kind of flexibility. So for example... In my uh, in my latest uh, Red Bull run, I played a match versus Bant, and I just realized, you know, it's kind of like they have Joel Rail on board, but of course, you think about Shatter, right? Yeah. And you start thinking like, okay, nothing re is really happening. What do I do? The Shatter hasn't been played yet. Do I do I add to the board or not? Right? Because yeah. it's kind of like makes sense for me to use my mana, uh, play another creature onto the board, which kind of like does nothing, right? So it's like. What do I do, right? And it's like, if I had a Harpooner, let's say, in play, or I had another Love Struck, do I play it and risk losing an extra card to Shatter? Or do I have... I don't have... Looks like I don't have any other options. Okay, let's play another creature, and then you get Shattered right the next turn, right? Yeah. But with Preserver, again, like, it allows you to kind of, you know, be more flexible and just have an end-of-turn play. And, you know, yeah, one of, one of the guys um, made a good point... Um, about, uh, you know, just being, like, there in the open deck list will keep your opponent second-guessing some things, maybe yeah. disrupt their play style a little bit, keeping that card in mind, kind of messing with their head. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with that uh, two-off inclusion. I have to say the card is really good at the Mono Green Mirror. Yes. against another huge power play that's just going to get out of control very fast. Uh, yeah, especially, like, if left unchecked early, which is probably going to happen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's been really good for me. And I, I know I trust the card. And I know the card I ran it in the JSK Luka metagame as well. Very successfully. It can finish the game. You play it end of turn. You load up all your mana. You can even play Serpent for zero and sink all your mana into the Preserver. Go for the kill. Yes. Great. So so that's that's one of my favorite things about the card is that you can look at it as a 2-2 as a two, two for 2. But a lot of times I think of it as like a um, like a hasty five five. You know what I mean? Right. Because yeah, yeah. you can just yeah. You, yeah you play it end of turn and then you like play a pelt collector and you just sink that extra mana into it. And that's one of the things I love about the card is that it gives you so much flexibility about how you want to yeah, use your mana. Absolutely. 
And it also makes cards like Pelt Collector is in general a pretty miserable draw in the mid game. But the <laughs> yeah. Wildborn Preserver is one of the cards that makes top decking a Pelt Collector not that bad because you can just yeah, sink absolutely. all your extra mana into the Collector and you, you got your money's worth, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, I'm super high on the card. And I, I think especially like um, on the ladder, it's a really good card to have because people aren't going to know your deck list. And then, you know, I've just, I've eaten so many like um, fervent champions with it, you know? <laughs> That's a classic, yeah. Yep, yep. And it just, it feels so good. It's like if you get even one of your creatures well, of course, attacking. you get a free card, yeah, free card, yeah. free attacker for Embercleave. Yep. It's great. Yeah. It's it's so good. So just, you know, think about I mean like people in high mythic are probably not going to make that mistake, but pretty much anywhere else yeah. on the ladder you can pick up those free win those kind of free kills. So yeah, anyway, I, I love the card. I think it's great. All right, let's keep moving along here. We've <laughs> got a lot more cards to talk about. Oh, yeah. So uh the three drop slot is actually not that many options in this deck. Um we, you know, we've already discussed a number of them, but let's just, just go into it here. So Lovestruck Beast, of course, being mm -hmm. a card which I know you weren't running this card for a long time, but it seems like you're back yeah. on it. Is that right? Yeah. Um, again, it's kind of like the same reason where you had to you had to trim down several copies of Gem Razor, right? Gem Razor is not a must anymore with Fire's gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it was room. There was room to include a Lovestruck Beast. You know, aggro decks in general seemed to you know have a resurgence as well and um after the fires ban and, and again yeah i mean um love struck love struck works for the most part i mean what can you say a three mana five five has to have a drawback and uh so currently it's, it's been it's been doing well like that's that's all we can ask for um team of reclamation is back to <coughs> storm's wrath with popularity of green i believe uh, so Lovestruck Beast survives that. Again, turn four hinge uh, is only possible because of Lovestruck. That's yeah. going to take care of any aggro matchups. The card is really it's really good, well positioned right now, very important. Hits for a lot. We have a decent number of activators as it is. I'm, I don't think there's anything else needed. So we got four Hard Desires themselves, uh, four Pelts and four Serpents. Uh, you know, Pelt kind of being situational a little bit. Yeah, I mean, of course, like, uh, not ideal, you know, you want to play Pelt on one, but sometimes you give priority to Hardest Desire, that's not great. But ultimately, uh, I think it performs really well. And, uh, like, so, just the stats are really good all around. So let's talk about where it is and isn't good. So um, you, you'd said uh, it's a pretty good beta against... Um, Wilderness Wreck because you know it lines up well against Storm's Wrath, lines up well mm -hmm. against Nightpack Ambusher. Um, basically, the only way that they can kill it really is uh, if they're running Soulseer, which not all of them run. Uh, yeah. Or true. if they double up on their spells, which is fine. That's a two for one. Um, mm -hmm. Or if they do like a big explosion on it, right? Those are like the three main yeah. ways that they can get rid of it. Um. And then, how how is it versus Bant? Would you side it out versus Bant? No, absolutely not. It's pretty important. Again, we we usually have a good um, you know good ways of activating it. And I think again, like uh, just don't forget that one of the most important things about the card is having a one drop. Yeah. 
having a one drop allows you to clear the like the more important two drops on turn two, right? Yeah. So it's re- it's pretty important not to miss that turn one play. Uh, I think again to start the damage going to start the you know to start banking in those little little points of damage and That's then again true. right and it, it messes say, up Teferi and Nasa pretty well right to just have like yeah, that kind of guaranteed yeah. more than one creature on the board yeah 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 that's pretty big it's, yeah. it's good versus sacrifice decks let's say maybe maybe they don't have claim but they have priest in play you can always sacrifice yeah. this one one token um, now, but do you board it out against the mayhem devil? No, actually, I don't. No, for the very don't. same reason. Okay. Yeah, for the very same reason. Uh, again, uh, versus sacrifice decks. I mean, you can. It's probably safe to say that number one win condition is hinge. Yeah. Love struck allows you to get to hinge as fast as you can. Like Got it. it's just your fastest path, right? The only turn four enabler. Yoro can do that. I mean, gem razor onto like a troll, right, or onto serpent mm. also can do that for you on yeah. turn four. You can play hinge. Uh, but again, this what this just extra one drop is really important in many cases because uh, you know it's kind of like from my experience, eight eight is not ideal. Right, eight maybe is not enough necessarily. But uh, what it allows you to do is it allows you to play Primal Might, which we also have, like in the which I uh, usually have in the main deck, and mm. most people also have. Yes, uh, it allows you to clear turn two Priest, turn two Steamkin, turn two Jewel Rail immediately. Yeah. So that's a very, very big, big part about uh, having a good number of one drops. And yeah, like Lovestruck Beast is already good, also in the sense where it kind of can fix your curve, right? You have a one and three mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. Uh, with one card, and yeah, Hinge is great. And yeah, and you know, and you know, as you brought up as well, because all of our removal is like fight based, or. or it's reliant on the power of the creature. The Lovestruck Beast is actually just a really great target for our yeah, that's very might, true. Yeah. For our, you know, it's like sometimes you just really need to make sure. Like I've had this come up versus sacrifice decks where you you really need your ram through to kill mm-hmm. their um, mayhem devil. Yeah, and you know they might have like three even four damage on the board ready to go with their mayhem devil to just kill whatever you were going to target with that ram through yeah but that's if true. you have that that beast they have to be able to deal a full five points of damage that's a lot of damage that they have to be able to pull in order to nullify your ram through so mm-hmm. that's one of the things i really like about the card is it's just like it's just such a good target for like the Vivian fight or for Ram through, or, you know, any of those kind of power and toughness based removal effects. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I actually put up the sideboarding uh, plan just uh, yesterday for, for the version I'm running. I, I don't ever take, take out Lovestruck Beast in any match. Okay. <laughs> not in any single there. matchup. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Always there. Okay. That's, that's a strong endorsement of the card. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Yorvo. This is a card that, uh, man, I've been really <laughs> on again, off again with Yorvo. Where are you at yeah, these okay. days? Fair enough. Uh, I'm keeping good, good old Yorvo in as two copies yeah. and uh, for a variety of reasons, right? So um, number one is it allows you to play Pelt Collector on Curve. If you have your Yorvo in there, 
You're free to go. You don't need to worry about Harsh's desire about your love struck not being able to attack. Mm. Mm-hmm. You hit a very clean one, two, three, four off of Yorvo. Yeah. What happens with love struck beast sometimes is also so Yorvo takes often priority. If you if you're not looking for a turn four hinge, if it's not there, Yorvo takes priority there one hundred percent because not only it allows you to uh, play turn one pill, turn two troll, turn three Yorvo, and then turn four safely as well. I mean, it's gonna catch up on the stats, so you're not losing any. Most uh, most likely, you're not really losing any of the stats. Yeah, because uh, Yorvo is usually attacking on five also when it attacks, and uh, basically, yeah, what happens with Lustrex sometimes is that uh, it kind of mess. It can mess up your four drop, right? Because what what happens if your one drop gets removed, right? Yeah. First of all, you can't play you can't play one two three four with Pelt Collector and Lustrex, right? No. Because most likely, yeah, I mean, guaranteed your Pelt Collector is going to get pumped, and that's it. You don't have a one one anymore. So uh, and, and and if that's the case, also, uh, or if the case is that your one drop, your heart's desire gets removed by a stomp or something like this, right? You cannot play your four drop anymore, which there are quite a few in the deck, in, in the list I'm running, right? I'm mm-hmm. running Vivian, Questing Beast, even one Garrick. So that's not happening. And then what do you do, right? You could play a four drop, and your left shock beast won't be able to attack because you don't have a ma- you don't have mana to play a one one anymore, or you play so that it becomes yeah. a pretty much a, a huge headache. Yeah. Or you can play like a one one serpent, but th- then you can't play your most powerful thing on turn four probably, right? Your yeah, some of your most powerful options. Right. So uh, Yorva prevents that, and Yorva takes priority, so it already gives me room to think and room to move. Like, what do I want to do? Um, depending on situation or the matchup, right? Am I playing Love Struck first? Am I playing Yorva first? Sometimes, like attacking with Love Struck doesn't matter, but if it if it matters, like Yorva takes priority for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. And of course, since I'm running two Gem Razors in the main, Such there's this combo. just a blowout combo potential. Right, game one, absolutely, you can get away with that. Yeah. Uh, depending on the situation, of course, you have to be careful what kind of mana is untapped, who you're playing against. Um, you know, there are usually less gusts less shatters so on and so forth right yeah yeah it's definitely a good like kind of oops you're dead play right it's like yeah a lot of people just don't expect to be getting attacked by an 8-8 trampler on turn four so (laughs) sometimes you just get them you know um so yeah yeah yorvo definitely has its place for sure now before we move on to the four drops let's talk about garrick's harbinger because that's a new card which has Mm -hmm. been added in the m21 set and uh, it hasn't been seeing wide adoption but people have been running it so what are your opinions on this card yeah um i know a lot of people been advocating that and uh in favor of yorvo and in general uh, i'm not sold on it i'm not a fan as of right now uh it's pretty good i would have to say ultimately hexproof from black does nothing mm. um uh, if you compare it to your role, they face the same three mana to fairy problem, like mm-hmm. identical. Getting your like your your two drop dying to a scorching dragon fire, a three drop dying to a scorching yeah, dragon fire is that not feels good. Bad. Huge minus. Yep. Yep. Uh trading with Bone Crusher, not great. Yep. Your role usually 
that becomes that a five five and attacks it. into yeah. it safely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's like you know, there's no synergy with Gem Razor. You you're not getting any of the stat increase, nothing there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, honestly, I'm not worried about Soul Tie matchups. Uh, similar problem with Sacrifice decks. Gets blocked by the cat. Who cares about your Hexproof? Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Claim the Firstborn, same problem, identical. Yeah. Um, it trades with two Panther tokens on Joel <laughs> Rail. Big minus for your three drop, I think. So that's pretty yeah. much it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold. I'm not a fan. Not yet. Let's see the rotation. Yeah. Let's see, like, maybe there'll be some, you know, huge black, uh, I don't know, mono black controls or something like this. Uh, mm-hmm. w- yeah, whatever, or right? some more kind of like trample enablers or something, you know, because it's, because that's the thing. It's like, if you can reliably give this thing trample, it gets a lot better. But mm-hmm. that's, but again, yeah, you don't want to spend your gem razor on that, right? That's a, that's a terrible use of your cards. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's a card which, like, okay, cool. If you get a hit in with it, then it's fantastic and everything's yeah. great and it was worth it, right? But that's just kind mm-hmm. of too much best case scenario, especially for your three drop. You know, it's like if it was a one or a two drop, then sure, being able to get that first hit in might actually happen. But by the, you know, by the time mm-hmm. you reach three, your opponent's going to have a way to deal with it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing about it also is like, Oftentimes, just people saying gas, gas, you know, Harbinger is gas, Chamber Guardian is gas. But I'm like, okay, like, we we can... I mean, I, I just think about it differently right now. Like, I'm not worried about the Mythic Ladder. I'm not worried about all that kind of stuff, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, there are two decks to beat. There's Team of Reclamation and there's Band, right? I mean, and you only have probably like what i don't know six seven turns maybe at most yeah right? sometimes you have you can still get away with the game just close it out yeah but i mean uh, what good does your gas do are you really casting out your hand that you can't play anything like that that's you it. run out of spells on turn four five six seven no probably not that's probably it. i'll be doing some good stuff with my mana so what good does that card even do right yeah okay like fetching something can be good right but that's also very situational you're gonna hit top four cards and you know uh, are you sure you're gonna hit that that like m- missing piece at the exact right time that's surely not an argument yeah card draw is great but how how relevant is it you know versus aggro yeah. i don't need it at all i'm playing hinge and i'm winning the game auto winning the game if i'm not dead and i just get the train rolling right or if hinge is unanswered but w- versus these decks like I-, I don't see a 4-3 helping me okay they can let me draw all they want they're gonna play ujin they're gonna play nissa and, yeah. that, and, and they're gonna win yeah so that's, that's pretty much it that's so you know i think that you nailed it right there it's like it doesn't matter like basically yeah when you're playing against these bant bant and reclamation decks it basically doesn't matter what you do on turn 10 right it's like yeah if you yeah. reach turn 10 you're, you're probably lost so yeah, yeah i mean it, that's such a perfect point point. and you know all you had to do was say nissa and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like if your opponent ever resolves a Nissa and you're looking uh, at your Garrick yes. Harbinger, it's just <laughs> you're not actually good actually about right. That, that's one of the yeah, that's one of the Hard. worst ones too. Just trade in with the land with a free land. Yeah, like they they take your three drop for free, right? I mean, it's, it's not hard a good deal counter, at all, right? man. It's a hard counter. Yeah. All right, cool. 
let's let's keep moving along here. So in the four drop slot, honorary four drop, but it's really a three drop gem razor. We we mm-hmm. know we've spoken a lot about it, so we probably don't need to say yep. that much more about it, right? Um, just excellent card, situational card, makes a lot of other cards in your deck better, and it's basically the number of them you're going to run depends on what your opponent's playing. Yeah. Now, um, let me ask you this question. How good is Gem Razor against Wilderness Rex specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. People ask me all the time, and they get surprised when I uh, board it out versus Reclamation. That's what Rightfully I've been hearing. So. Yeah. Rightfully so. Uh, so, number one reason for that is... Uh, Reclamation is not good to remove at sorcery speed, right? It makes very little sense uh, for it to really consistently work because Reclamation protects itself by untapping your lands, right? Yeah. So you only have that window when they play Reclamation and they put that trigger on the stack and they're tapped out. Yeah. In this case, you have Return to Nature, Thrashing Brontodon, Mystic Repeal. Not gem razor. Gem razor is a sorcery speed, right? So yeah. what's gonna happen? What what's likely to happen is, uh, like, like they could, it it depends, right? Like turn four reclamation. So we're talking about pause board, right? We're talking about game two, game three, right? I don't care about reclamation. Ambusher is the worst card in in the in the match officially, because ambusher is an automatic win. I can let Reclamation hang in there, right? It's yeah. like, okay, if they, if they have Explosion next turn, also next turn, right? So they're looking at their turn five uh, when they're going to play Explosion, right? So there's already window there mm. where I can do something and maybe even close out the game. But the thing about it is, again, right? Uh, you know, they're going to untap, they're going to gust immediately. Four gusts into your gem race. Okay, that's kind of fine, right? That's kind of whatever. But, I mean, it becomes a very different game at this point. Yeah. Turn four, they're looking at Storm's Wrath. Turn four, they're looking at Nightback Abisher. These are the cards I'm worried about. I'm not, I'm not worried about Reclamation anymore at this point. Yeah. So, again, uh, if there is a situation where Reclamation is not presented and I need to play on curve, like, what do you do? Would you hold... Like, you have, let's say you have no turn three play other than Gem Razor Mutate. Are you going to... Okay, and let's say there's no reclamation yet. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Like you're going first, right? And what are you gonna do? You're gonna not mutate and just wait for the reclamation? That's suicide. That will never happen. You cannot. You cannot give them a free turn, right? Yeah. Okay. You have to mutate with your gem razor onto something, and now you don't go as wide anymore. Now they can cho- pick and choose, right? Now they just gust you two for one. Yeah. And yeah. it's Such a disaster a at this point, right? Yeah. So this this is just my thinking. This has been like my thinking. Now uh, I, I also like uh, included, of course, the reclamation as the number one uh, deck, right? Uh, to board against, and I'm I'm definitely playing ram through there, and uh, ceratops too for the most part. Like still because of haste, right? Haste trample is pretty good. Yeah. It can be blocked by a shark, whatever. It's a kind of finishing touch. I'm keeping Vivian now because of Storm's Wrath uh, as well. So there's like less room uh, for me to to move also. Uh, Reclamation is a nightmare. There are too many things to worry about. <laughs> yeah. I'm also, keep, I'm also keeping like, oh, it depends, right? Open deck list actually helps a little bit yeah. there uh, because you can see if they have whatever, if they're running Nessa now, okay, there, there's... Huge, huge headache now because you have to answer everything. 
because reclamation plays Joe Rail, reclamation plays uh, could play uh, Nissa and Elder Gargaroff post board and Bone Crusher post board. Like reclamation is probably getting boarded out. So yeah. this is what I, like I lost uh, two matches to this kind of deck, the new animal. I've never seen it before. I, I've never seen it on ladder. I saw it for the first time in the tournament, and I had to readjust on the fly. And it was pretty clear to me they took out the reclamations. Yeah. Maybe they also thought that like they want they wanted to bait me into boarding in more razors, right? That like it's a classic thing, right? Yeah. Where like reclamation starts without the ambusher and the versus control decks, they bring ambusher because the control deck is going to take out all the removal. creature removal. Exactly. And then you have ambusher. Yeah. So it's kind of a similar situation. But of course, like it was not a plan for me anyways. Uh, and basically, yeah, it becomes like Nissa, Joel Rail. I mean, Joel Rail main, right? And Nissa sometimes main too. Yeah, you never know. But there's also Elder Gargaroff, which is a disaster as well. <laughs> Very hard to deal with. Yeah. So it's like you have to, keep, yeah, you have to keep Primal Might in there. Yeah. You have to keep Ramthruid in there because of Ambusher. And then it's probably, maybe it's not even Ceratops priority sometimes. So it depends. Um, yeah, well, like if they're running crazy. a lot of Vivians, then the Ceratops isn't even that good, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Nissa, right? Uh, uh, sorry, Nissa is what I mean. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, if they, yeah, Joel Rail, Nissa, Ambush, Ambusha, like those mm-hmm. are all very well matched against the, the, uh, Ceratops. Yeah. So, and then Storm's Wrath too. Storm's Wrath, exactly. So, yeah, there's just, and, and again, some of these decks even run Soul Seer, which just one shots it. So and Soul Seer, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's just like that. Yeah, these decks have gotten wise to the meta, man. They really have. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. They finally learned, learned to put Storm's Wrath in their deck, man. Sadly. Yeah, I know. We had that wonderful window, right? There was this wonderful <laughs> right, time. Right. A pretty long one, too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That, I mean, I remember playing, yeah, playing mono green on the ladder and just it, like every time I was matched up against these reclamation decks, I was like, Oh, do they have Storm's Wrath? Do they have Storm? And they never did. And I felt like I was getting mm-hmm. away with it, you know? Right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's a nice little primer. I'm sure we could probably fill a whole episode on, on just that one matchup, but, um, yeah, very true. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so there you have it. Gem Razor, still a versatile card, probably stronger against, uh, Cat Oven decks, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a four off for me. Yep. You know, um, and also claim giving your stuff trample yeah dodging claim it's just it's perfect for the matchup it really is yeah absolutely um, okay cool let's talk about so and yeah we discussed shifting ceratops a little bit i think um is there anything else that you wanted to add about that i i feel like uh probably yeah. better now against bant than against reclamation would you say that's true mm-hmm. uh i'm usually so I have four in the main, uh, in the sideboard rather, and uh, yeah, I do bring it. I do bring two copies versus uh, Bent as well. Um, yeah, mostly it's kind of like it's not a must. Uh, yeah. Versus Bent, you have to. T- I do take out Yorvos usually, uh, and uh, I bring two Ceratops instead. Mm, but yeah, okay. other than it's just like there's so much uh, to worry about now. Uh, Primal Might definitely takes priority. Uh, as well right now because you know you can deal with Nissa and Joel Rail early mm-hmm. but basically uh, yeah Ceratops is, has never been really like a panacea in his matchups it's like whatever right it's just adding a haste creature is re- very nice though and uh, I do keep one 
in the sideboard for minus five Vivian as a one-off always. That, yes, that's except flash decks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's a really really good thing to note. It's one of the best gets with your Vivian ultimate, and yeah. it does come up. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, and definitely just like you were saying earlier, this is a card that you just have to be very careful with your sequencing, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's right. like some, sometimes it's really better. Like you have four open mana and the only thing you can do is cast Ceratops. Sometimes you just don't mm -hmm. cast it, you know, cause mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. it's going to get ECD. It's going to get shattered. Something bad's going to happen to it and you won't get that value yeah. out of it. Yeah. So, very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. And then um, let's talk about uh, OK Adversary. This is a card mm -hmm. which was like, you know, coming in in the mirrors for a long time. And right. I feel like people yeah. have been moving yeah. away from it. Is that what you've been seeing as well? Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I moved away from it myself because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, again, what takes priority in the mirror and like, Again, it's, it, I kind of like established it really well. I beat mirror decks with turn two adversary, and I had none. And it's like it doesn't really matter, honestly. Uh, the card can be used like in versus team or elementals, maybe, which I haven't seen in a long time. Stuff like that, right? Where they have Leaf can Druid Reef, that's great. Uh, it's great in this match, but it's not that common again. In the mirror, it's probably not necessary. I, I'm happy to trade. Love struck or Yorvor for your okay one for one. Yeah, uh, I'm all good with that. You know what happens if I just play the troll and you don't have a ram through or you have to burn ram through on the troll, right? It's like things like that. So, I, I, yeah, I'm not like uh, I did it also for a, for a while where I ran like three copies, but it's just not necessary. And ultimately, uh, ultimately there there are more important matchups to worry about. Again, reclamation and, and bant. The two decks you're looking at right now to beat, and uh, Okam is probably no help in that because yeah. again they're not very like they could play early Joe Rail right, and that would be good, but it doesn't happen all the time. You can't rely on that, and you can't afford to sacrifice your two drop for a four drop. That's just too no. too no. big of a difference. So yeah, for me, like it's it's not a necessity at all, not a must. Uh, I'm happy to let it go and play. Uh, I'm playing basically an additional Primal Might, an additional Ceratops, four Ceratops, and an additional uh, Ram Through as well. I think Okame is a classic example of a card where I, I, I'm not going to exactly call it a trap because I think it can still mm -hmm. be fine in the mirror. But yep. it's a classic example of a card where like, you look at it and you think that that's what the mirror is going to be about. And the mirror just ends yeah. up being about different things, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. yeah, very true. It's like just because it's, you know, a card that gets better in the mirror, it's like what you really have to ask yourself is like, is a 2 3 death touch what I want in my deck? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like it doesn't line up favorably against questing beasts. Um, like you said, it doesn't line up favorably yeah. against your opponent just playing a Barkhide Troll. It doesn't line up well against yeah. a lot of your opponent's two drops, right? So Yeah, it, it's safe to say that Mirror is just pretty volatile in general. Yeah. If you can get your power play unanswered on board, you're probably going to win any anyways. Exactly. Let's say you have an unchecked hinge, unchecked Vivian, unchecked ooze. You're probably taking over. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, and yeah. It's like 
you have to have a very specific hand to make your adversary really good. You know, it's like if your opening hand is like pelt collector, adversary, and three ram throughs, then, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe you're doing good. things right. But it's like you just a lot needs to go right for a hand like that to actually end up being good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So just just watch out for that, because I think this is in general, it's so easy to look at cards like Gem Razor and say, oh, that's going to be good against Will in this rack. Look at cards like OK Adversary and say that's going to mm-hmm. be good in the mirror. Uh, you know, look at cards like Shifting Ceratops and be like, yeah, that's going to be great against, you know, any deck running blue. Let's bring in four of them. And it's like, eh, you gotta, you gotta really think about what's actually winning you the game, right? Um, yeah, because it's yeah, not, honestly, not yeah. necessarily what's written on the card, but like the way the matchup actually plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, it's honestly safe, safe to say that. The mirror is totally doable without adversary. That's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, totally. All right. And then the final card here I wanted to talk about, um, uh, you know, we didn't really mention Questing Beast much, but um, I don't know. Questing Beast, it's good. It's still good. <laughs> just mm-hmm. yeah, It's still pretty good, yeah. Yeah, just run some number of them in your deck and it'll probably be fine. I, I wouldn't it'll get you that. somewhere. Yeah, I wouldn't leave home without Questing Beast. Is that is that a good, safe rule? Uh, well, surprisingly, uh, many people, uh, from what I've seen, have been cutting. Have they been cutting them? Questing Beast entirely or trimming down the copies, going to two. I think, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I, I think uh, maybe what I would look for now is taking it, is boarding it out. A little bit more aggressively versus aggro decks. Yeah. So in my latest take on it, I think it's good to, and from my latest experience, I think it's good to tr- uh, trim one copy for, versus sack decks. You could trim three copies versus model red, even all three copies. So I'm running three. Uh, you could trim copy uh, three copies even. Versus something like Selesnya and Mono White, where they have indestructible um, doggy, selfless savior, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, any control matchup, any uh, reclamation matchup, uh, Mirror, Mono Black, uh, something like Teamer Clover, if anybody plays that, I guess people still do, honestly. Uh, that's pretty much it, right? It's a must, I think. It's, it's just huge. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those, like, in the mirror, it's one of those also, I mean, maybe not the most uh, fundamental card, I mean, not the most, like, impactful card, but it can also line up really well. Like, you can yeah. pressure Vivian, you can play Ram through off of it, so it's pretty good. Yeah. Just a little bit more conditional, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the right way is probably to board it out more aggressively uh, versus, like, Mono Red and some of the aggro decks and trim yeah. a copy versus Sack as well, because, I mean... In, in that sense, it's, uh, it's kind of okay to, uh, I think, you know, extra removal is probably more valuable than a questing beast and the sacrifice matchup because questing beast is kind of more, more of a finisher mm-hmm. anyways than, than really it's something that's going to win you the game. Because if you don't stabilize, it's, it could it, die to the devil even. Yeah. It could die, definitely die to the priest getting sacrificed if your board is not strong enough and things like that. So I think that's the right call. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's like Questing Beast looks really great if you're already winning or if you're at parity, right? 
But again, yeah, the sacrifice just, matchups, it, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't play well from behind most of the time, you know? It's yeah, like Yeah, very if, true. If you're losing the game, that's not the card that's going to get you back in it, especially against yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. That's right. That's right, for sure. Yeah. Okay, um let's uh I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to skip over Wicked Wolf here. No one really plays that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Wicked Wolf needs just needs food, right? Yeah, needs food to be good. Um, I experimented uh, like uh, a while back with uh, playing Goose, right, in the Korea meta game. Yeah. it was kind of okay sometimes, you know. But yeah, it's probably not not needed. Also, like you you, you just you just have to load up on the Primal Might now, and um, yeah, that's kind of like everything again is like very volatile. It's it's very kind of racy, you know. You have to race, and yeah. you have to hope you have to hope they play a top land on turn two or three at least, and skip one of their plays. Um, it's kind of kind of like that's the game. Yeah, you know, Wick, you're right. I I've come down on this. Some people were like, "Oh, run Wicked Wolf even without food. It's good in mono red. Mm-hmm. It's good in this. It's good in that." Yeah, yeah, that's fairly true. But I don't know. For me, I'm just like. I, I've just come down on like if you're not making food some other way, I really don't think it's worth it. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a three three for four. It lines up so poorly against so many things. It's like when your opponent like you know kills your two drop with Bone Crusher and then plays that Bone Crusher mm-hmm. on three, and you're yeah, looking right. at your Wicked Wolf in your hand, and you're like, oh, this is this is really not <laughs> it, man. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty far from ideal. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have to say that's very true. I mean. But honestly, now there's no need in that. Like maybe before, like yeah, you could consider that it could be yeah. good with Paradise Druid. But now you have Primal Might. The Primal Might is definitely the best fight effect you yeah. can have. Honestly, That's it. And any one of your creatures can be the Wicked Wolf now, right? Yeah, very true. And that's going to do it for part one of this recording. But just you know, wherever you found this, that should be the next episode, part two, and you can continue listening. So we'll catch you on the flip side. Beep. Beep.